0: Welcome to the Endless Wealth Podcast. I'm a mama of two little ones, owner of a multi seven-figure real estate portfolio, and I'm your host, Sarah Miskelly. My mission is to show ambitious, high-performing women in business, how they can stop chasing money at work and start making passive cash flow and build wealth from real estate investing. Just be ready, because with the right ideas and advice, me and my phenomenal guests will share in each episode, you will see things differently than you ever thought possible. All right, let's get into this week's episode. All right, today I'm talking to Essie Wise, and she is a successful entrepreneur and real estate investor with a passion for helping others achieve financial freedom, Through passive income streams. Mm -hmm. Essie started her first business, a franchise, at age 20, and has since built an impressive portfolio of rental properties and other passive income streams. Together with their husband, Essie scaled their real estate portfolio from one door to 50 doors in just two years. So impressive. She's experienced in several types of passive income, including e-commerce, network marketing and real estate investing, including apartment complexes, Airbnb properties, multifamily homes and single family properties, as she has a wife and mother and holds a doctorate in naturopathy. In her free time, she loves hiking, reading and helping newer entrepreneurs get their start. As a sought-after speaker and educator, Essie has shared her insights and expertise at numerous business conferences and events. During her podcast appearance today, Essie will share valuable insight for all of you on building a successful real estate portfolio, generating passive income, and achieving financial freedom through smart investments. So make sure to stay to the end because Essie has so much good information to share. Essie, thank you so much for coming on today. Yeah, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Yes, we. I'm so happy to. We had a great conversation before and I thought you were a great fit because you have such a breadth of experience. And I want to kind of take things back and learn more about, you know, how you got started, what was your first actions and when you got started, like how did you choose what to even start with in terms of real estate?
1: Oh, gosh. Um, it was actually uh I just kind of stumbled into real estate really. Um my husband and I had for several years been building up side income. We had started an e-commerce company, we had a small network marketing company, um and we were getting to a place where those were producing enough extra income that we had you know, um, you know, we had some in the bank, we had, you know, about six figures or so just sitting in the bank, didn't really know what to do with it. Um, and around that time, my sister came to me and, and, um, she and her husband were looking for a new place to rent and the rental man asked us if we would buy it because then we had the cash. <laughs> We're really close in our family. We know each other's situations. Um, they asked if we would buy it for them and let them rent it from us. And um, we thought about it and decided, you know, this could be a, a win-win for everybody. It would give us somewhere better to put our money than just the bank account. And um, I was a little scared of the stock market because um, 2008 had already you know had impacted me a little bit. And so, you know, we we said yes and we we bought that house for them. Um and they did a lot of work on it and moved in and they rented it from us and it ended up being um such a big win-win that from there we started actively looking to do more deals. Um just full disclosure, before I got into real estate, I really thought it was very different from what it is. I thought it would be very competitive, you know, real estate investors. I thought they were these uh, just brilliant people who are probably a little bit mean and stingy with their knowledge. I don't know where I got that idea, maybe a movie or something. But um, when we actually got into real estate investing, we found that there were so many people that were just good people who yes had figured some things out but now they were also willing to tell us and give us connections help us find contractors help us find money people um and the more we looked into it the more we realized like these are these are our people um they're not some you know uh i don't know person on on a on a a rooftop of a building that, you know, can't be touched and, and just wants to be competitive. It, we just found people were so nice. And, um, I think that kind of helped bring my walls down a little bit and say, Oh, okay, well it, maybe it's not all bad people that are real estate investors. Like I could do it too.
0: <laughs> Wonderful. And take me through how you got from that initial property to your 50 doors that you have now. And in such a short time, yeah, well, so the first one was
1: you know the slowest one, of course, because we weren't trying to be real estate investors; we were just trying to put our money somewhere helpful. Um, and I, and it was the win win of that that made us want to do more. Because um, so we, we bought this house just to kind of can I share numbers? Is it okay to get into numbers? Yeah, here? for sure. Okay, so um, we bought this house for uh, one hundred and forty, which you know it was it needed a lot of work. It was not a great house. <laughs> um, we put about 30 K worth of work into it. Um, and, uh, then my sister and her husband started renting it from us for about $2,000 a month. Um, so we were, had put in 170,000, And then we were getting $2,000 a month. We were like, this is a great return on our money. This is great. Then they started renting out, there was a basement apartment and they started renting out their basement apartment for $2,000 a month. And um, they rented a couple of the extra bedrooms, a really big house. They rented a couple of the extra bedrooms to some folks in our church. And so Um, they were ending up paying like negative $1,500 in rent (laughs) because they were making so much money from the house and it was a better living situation than where they'd been before. And it was providing something for other people in our church. And my husband and I, we just realized like, Hey, we could do this as long as we always look for things that are going to really be a win-win, we, you know, we want to help people while we're helping ourselves. Right. And so um, we didn't know about the BRRRR strategy um, by renovate or rehab, rent, refinance, repeat. We didn't know about that strategy at the time, but that's what we were kind of doing. Um, And so when the house reappraised after we'd done all the work, it reappraised for three hundred thousand dollars, and um, we found a bank that could uh, give us seventy percent on a HELOC, a home equity line of credit. So we took that seventy percent out, and now we had two hundred and ten thousand dollars. When you know, six months prior we had only put in 170. And so um, on top of that, the monthly rent that was coming in was about 700 more than the cost of the HELOC. And so we're like, we're making money every month and we have more cash than we started with. Um, Let's take that cash and turn it into two more houses. So we did, we found little um, $100,000 houses, two little houses, Um, very quickly did something very similar with them, And then from there, um, you know, now, now we had even more cash, you know, six or seven months after that. And then we started looking into how do we grow faster? Um, and we started doing Airbnbs and, um, we found some places that we could convert into Airbnbs. Um, and then, From there we got an apartment complex the next year that added another well it was two small apartment complexes that added another 20 some units um and uh you know we've just done a handful of different things so now the new the new space that we're in now is pad split and pad split is all about trying to help um, with the affordable housing shortage. Um, I, you know, everywhere's different. In Richmond, cost of living is fairly um, moderate, I think. But a one-bedroom apartment in a safe, nice part of town is around $1,800 right now, which is just a lot if you think about, you know, salary coming out of college and then trying to rent an apartment on your own. And so there's this major, you know, affordable housing shortage right now. And so with pad split, what we'll do is we'll take a house, like a suburban house, and we'll carve it up into as many bedrooms and bathrooms as possible, and then, um, people can rent out individual bedrooms and then a shared bathroom. So um, for example, we'll have a house with you know 12 bedrooms and four bathrooms. And so each person who's renting it is going to share a bathroom with two other people. And it's basically like adult dorms, <laughs> like young professional dorms sort of, um, but in a nice neighborhood and with a good feel. And it keeps it the expense is really low for that person. You know, they can rent um, that for depending on the area, but maybe $800 a month and all the utilities are included. So they are saving well over a thousand dollars a month and um, it's furnished and everything. And so it's so great for people who are just coming out of school or people who are moving to an area and not really sure where they want to live yet. And we feel like we're providing something that didn't really exist, you know? And so I, um, we have way more than 50 doors now if you include like all of our pad splits um because it's really easy to go up on doors when you take a you know a large house and you turn it into 12 or 16 bedrooms
0: um but yeah that's that's how we did it very nice and i love how you've found a way to not only contribute to others but you're also doing well like you're profiting off that and mm-hmm. i think that that's um not always what people think (laughs) is possible Mm -hmm. you think if you're gonna you know help other people in in a charitable way by providing this you know lower cost housing then then you're gonna lose so I love that you've kind of shown a new way to do that through the pad splitting because I don't think everybody knows about that strategy um so I'd love to kind Mm -hmm. of get your perspective on you know what is the one reason people fail when pursuing real estate investing and how did you you know not have that happen to you Oh, gosh. Well, I, I think some failure
1: is inevitable. If you're not doing something wrong, you're not doing enough. <laughs> um, or you, you're not maybe not doing anything at all. Um, we, we've we messed up a bunch of times. And I think our it was our third or fourth house, we made a mistake. Um, and it cost us about $50,000. And that was a lot of money. It still is a lot of money, but it was, it was even more money when we were pretty new. And, um, you know, it was one of those moments where it's like, are are we bad at this? Should we not do this? Are we this dumb that we lost $50,000 here? But I think, um, you know having that grit that um that you know what i'm going to push through i'm going to figure out the lesson to learn here it's also you know you, we hear a lot today about um mindset and you can have growth mindset or fixed mindset and so a fixed mindset would say oh man we lost 50000 dollars clearly this is not for us maybe we're just not smart enough for this or, you know, maybe real estate is our thing that would be fixed mindset, but we decided to come in with a, with a growth mindset of how do we learn? And so we started calling it our $50,000 lesson <laughs> and thinking through like, what are the things we can learn from this to get to the next thing? Because I mean, yeah, we've, we absolutely, I mean, gosh, if you had told me before we started real estate investing that on our third house, we were going to lose $50,000, I probably would have said, well, maybe we should do something else. <laughs> but just being willing to when mistakes happen or or when failure happens um pushing through and knowing that um you know if if you're here for the long haul then $50,000 or you know whatever amount of money it's um you know, yes, it's a mistake, but failure isn't fatal. It's not final unless you let it be right. Unless you let it take you out of the game. So what, what helps us is listening to podcasts (laughs) from other people that have gone before us and have learned things, um, and, uh, overcome challenges that can then shed some light for us and just give us that strength to keep going. Um, books. I, I have, um, a handful of books like on my desk right here. I'm I'm reading, I'm reading a John Maxwell book. I'm reading a Joyce Meyer book, like different books that give me strength to learn what I need to learn about myself to keep going. And then also having a mentor, um, really early on, we started looking for who can we learn from that's doing real estate investing in a way that we would, um, that we'd be comfortable doing that we'd be excited about doing that we would see is going to help our family, but also going to help the community. And then how can we learn as much from them as possible? So those are the, the main things that help us get through every time that we fail <laughs> probably won't be our last it's, but there's going to be more, but we're going to get through it and come out even better on the other side.
0: Awesome. I love the saying failure isn't fatal. That is very true. And having the mentorship, I've always had mentors as well, whether it's paid coaches uh, when I was a realtor. And right now I'm you know, getting mentorship in the phase of business I'm in. So that I feel like everybody that I talk to who's, who's done well in real estate seems to get help. You know, it's not a, a lonely game. There's a lot of people out there who are willing to help like yourself and it's good to get in contact with them. And what would you say when you got started, what was that hardest part about getting into the game of real estate and how did you overcome it? Um, I think, uh,
1: I don't know, the hardest part but a really hard part for me was just letting go, you know, the money is in the bank and it's so safe and I know exactly where it is. And I can look at the number, um, (laughs) versus ah, we just dropped $140,000 on a house that is so bad. You can't walk in without a mask because the mold will like infect your lungs. Like it was terrible. And so I think just getting over that, um, letting go of the money and trusting that, um, you know, we're, we're going to make something good with it, you know, but it's kind of like, um, uh, like sowing seed, right? A a farmer can't expect his crop, his field to grow corn if he doesn't actually let go of some of the corn and put it in the ground. Right. And so, um, being willing to, to this money that I had saved up since I was, you know, 16 years old. And I was very proud of that number in the bank. And to go from having that to, okay, wait, you know, we put 170 in cash like in the first few months. And that was, you know, most of everything that I had saved up. And so to feel like "Ah, I got to let go of this, but sometimes you have to let go of that thing that feels like security or stability to actually get to the security and the stability in the long run. Because if something had happened, you know, how long is $170,000 going to last like a couple years, but building a real estate portfolio, that's producing passive income. You know, if something happened to, you know, uh, well, I, I left my job because of you know everything we have coming in between real estate and everything else we have, um, but if something happened to my husband's job, like we'd be okay. We don't really need the income anymore because we have that security from so many different passive income streams. And so I, I don't know, it's this, it's this um oxymoron of or, or like this um it feels backwards, right? Of you have to let go of the thing that makes you feel secure in order to eventually build the security that is actual security. Cause you know, I, I would not take back that $170,000 for the, you know, multiple, multiple thousands of dollars that come in passive income wise every month now, of course. Um, so yeah, that was, that was probably the hardest thing. And I, and I also want to say that it, um, it's, it's also okay if real estate is not the first thing that someone can do, right? Like we had built up, To the point that we had that much money that we felt like it's okay if this is a risk, right? Um, Five years prior, we were not financially at a point that we probably should have done what we did, right? And we needed other businesses and other passive income streams to both um, get us there financially and also get us there risk wise, entrepreneur wise, that we were able to take risks of that size mentally, as well as bank account wise. So, um, yeah, I think that was the hardest part, but, um, and, and I do tell people a a lot of times, like, Hey, if if you feel like, um, you know, if you put $50,000 in and you lost some of that, if, if that feels like, you know, it, uh, it's too big of a risk and you wouldn't know where to find your next $50,000. It may not yet be the thing for you. Maybe give it a couple years, do a couple other things like stretch your entrepreneur muscles in another way, or, you know, add some more income, even if it's active, you know, I, I, I don't mind recommending somebody, hey, maybe start, um, you know, check into a couple of network marketing businesses, start something like that. You're going to learn some things, you're going to make some money and you can just set that aside. That could be your real estate fund or, um, maybe drive Uber eats (laughs) or drive Uber for a year, you know, not that this is your entrepreneurial journey, but it's going to give you, um, confidence in yourself to do something that's outside of your comfort zone. And it's going to give you, you know, more in the bank account. If you don't touch that money that you can then use that, then you don't feel like it's as big of a risk. Right. And so, um, yeah, I think the, the other thing, um, that was a big challenge in the beginnings. We didn't know where to find houses. Um, this house, my sister brought to us, like it just kind of came, we knew some realtors. Um, but during the course of our investing journey, we got to know all kinds of ways to find houses that are not on the market. Um, we, we have now, probably dozens of deals that come to us every single day that we can't possibly buy them all. There's way too many that come from wholesalers or other groups that find um, properties that are, you know, 20, 30% less than what they would be on the market. And so that's another thing that we didn't know was a challenge going in and why it felt such a challenge and now makes it easier because we find all these houses that, well, we don't find them. They get sent to us. I can't take any credit for finding them. Um, But, Uh, You know, that's one thing that that makes it easier once you get into your journey is that you'll start getting access to more houses that are not even on the market because, you know, some investor like me or or someone else is going to snap them up before they would get to the market. Um, And so it makes it easier to invest when you can do it, you know, at, at wholesale price rather than retail.
0: Yeah, that's great points first that, you know, leveraging your other careers, whether that's, you know, what you're doing before with network marketing, for me, it was being a realtor. So actually doing real estate sales and leveraging those skill sets, you know, the sales skill set, you know, being able to network with others and then applying it to real estate investing. I find that there are so many skills that you bring into this industry um, that, add to your success. So that was wonderful that you pointed that out. And as well, it does seem at the beginning that it's a huge hurdle. But as you were saying, you start to build your community within real estate investing. And then over time, things do get easier. And I think that's good for people who are just getting started out to understand that it won't always be as hard as it seems at the beginning as you start to, to grow in the industry. And for you, what do you like to do to give back? Um, oh my gosh. <laughs> so
1: a, a handful of things, you know, one of our one of our our uh big um, I guess values is paying it forward and giving back and my my husband and I we um, we have some really big goals around financially giving back. Um, we want to make a big difference in our community. And so, um, the financially giving back is a huge thing. Um, you know, I think, um, Tithing is something we have both learned growing up, um, of making sure you're giving at least 10% of your income to causes that you believe in um, that are going to help somebody. Um, and so um that was a, a kind of a baseline for us, but we've definitely, you know, significantly increased over that. Our our goal is eventually to get to one day where we can live on 10% and give away 90%. That would be amazing. So we have to earn some more income first. Can't live on 10% of our income yet. <laughs> but giving back financially is a big one um another one is you know looking for ways that we can um take our skill sets and our connections and turn them into ways that we can help other people like we're working with the um the YWCA right now to uh here in Richmond to um you know uh take take a property and convert it into a uh shelter for women and children that um are, uh, surviving, um, going through survivor survival of, uh, some really hard life challenges. And so, um, so that's, that's another way. And then one of my favorite things is, um, just paying it forward. You know, I, um, was amazed when I was starting this journey that there were literally like millionaires who'd be willing to sit with me and have a cup of coffee and tell me things about, how to make passive income. I was like, what, why are you doing this? It blew my mind. But just to realize that they loved paying it forward so much that they would take time away from their family or from building their portfolio um, to sit down with me over a cup of coffee and kind of like open up the, the strategies to me and it blew my mind. And I will never, um, I will never get tired of paying it forward and doing the same thing for other people. That is one of my favorite ways is helping more people get, whether it's in real estate or whether it's, you know, some other entrepreneurial journey or franchise ownership, whatever. But the more people that have more financial control over their own lives, I, I think the better, because when you, when you get free from the, fear of what happens if I get fired, right? If you get free from the fear of what happens, if I lose my job, the economy goes down. um, Then it just, it frees you up to do the things that you're most passionate about in life. It it frees you up to make the impact that you want to make as well as, you know, just having a better life for you and your family. So anyway, those are some of the things I
0: get passionate about. (laughs) well thank you i really acknowledge your giving heart it's it's very beautiful to see and it was one of the wonderful reasons why i wanted to you know reconnect with you and have this conversation because it's not everybody demonstrates um that interest and using what they've built and thinking of ways always about how to use what they've built to contribute so i i really love hearing about that and what is the best way for people to reach you
1: Yes. Email would be the best. Um, My email is my first and last at gmail.com. So S E Weiss, there are four S's as in Samantha, (laughs) S E Weiss at gmail.com. And uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be glad to connect um, and have, you know, a phone call or, or a zoom chat. If there's someone that is um, wanting some uh, perspective, maybe, or, or just to chat ideas on how to get started in their real estate journey or their in passive income journey, or, um, you know, even how to find a mentor. And, and maybe I can give some suggestions there.
0: All right, great. Essie, we'll make sure to put those, your email address in the show notes. Once again, thank you so much for coming on. You had a wealth of knowledge to share. So I know everybody got immense value, and I can't wait to see what you build next with your real estate portfolio and with the projects that you're working on in your community. So thank you. Thank you so much, Sarah. It was great being here. Thank you for tuning into the Endless Wealth Podcast. If you got value from this week's episode, please leave me a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. It truly means so much to me to be able to get this information out to more hardworking women like you. Are you a mom in business that wants to learn about alternative investments like self-storage, oil and gas, ATMs, and their huge benefits? Then you'll definitely want to attend the Mom's Alternative Investing Summit on September 21 and 22. It's completely free, so bring a friend, virtual as well. Go to momsinvestsummit.com to register. The expert guests will blow your algorithm on what's possible in investing. I am so excited to have you.